Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. everybody and welcome to another episode of yo mtg taps i'm joey pasco and i'm big head annoying joe <laughs> and we're laughing because uh because we had a, a kind of a, a slow start i don't know joe just interrupted me false when i was start. trying to start start the show uh yeah joey false start flag. false start um and we also have a special guest today uh old friend of the show Longtime supporter of ours, Jonathan Medina. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? It's so cool to be hearing you guys and be on the cast, you know, because usually I'm just hearing you guys through my AirPods while I'm listening to the show. So uh, good to be here, man. I was going to introduce him as writer of MTG Metagame blog, um, <laughs> which, I, which is why I still had that. him on my Skype as MTG Metagame. I was like, so should I update this? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was years ago. That was before yeah. Pack to Power and whatnot. Pack to yeah. Power. I was just about to say it. <laughs> I, I wonder if anyone's uh, still mad at me for uh, for supposedly cheating that. Whatever. There are lots of people who are still mad at me. I, they pop up in my social media feeds sometimes. Uh, to remind me that I'm garbage, so uh, it's always nice <laughs> to see him. I'm like, hey, it's been a while. How's it going? <laughs> uh, so we have uh, we have kind of a lot of things to talk about. It's been like what three weeks since our last episode. We had to delay. It has. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about, but I think the the we have two main topics, and since there are three of us, I think we're going to limit it to these two topics because I think there's just going to be a, you know a, a whole thirty three percent more. Uh, or, or John's going to take, you know, going to add his his thirty three percent to the cast, and so uh, we're going to you, say you I was going to take it all up, right? Oh no, no, no! Are you doing just, the Steiner math here? Are you about to bust out the Steiner math? I don't know what the Steiner math is, but all I'm saying is we're keeping the topics uh, limited so that we can keep the length of the show to a reasonable mm-hmm. amount of time. Good luck. because so. uh, I already have I already have something to to derail us. Um, I want to read something because can I at least player. say what the topics are? I guess. Whatever. Man, we are derailed officially two minutes into the show. So our two big topics of the day are Mythic Championship 7, which just ended a couple days ago, and uh, Pioneer. And when the time, you know, is is now the time to jump in if you've been holding off. Um, So those those are going to be the big topics. Um, Joe, go ahead and derail us. Well, it's actually on topic because this is a Mythic Championship uh, or players championship? Is it all the same thing? Is it all the same? I don't know. Well, uh, there's. I just saw this on Twitter and loved it. Edgar uh, Magal Magalhais Ma- Magayesh Magayesh. Yeah, yeah, I know who you Magayesh. mean. Magayesh 
cool. He said uh, he he tweeted in all caps. Um, uh, an awesome. Uh, takedown here you know they say all men are created equal but you look at me and you look at abe corrigan and you can see that statement is not true see normally if you go one-on-one with another magic player you got a 50 50 chance of winning but i'm a genetic freak and i'm not normal so you got a 25 percent at best to beat me and then you add dom harvey to the mix you the chances of winning go drastically go down see the three-way at the players championship you got a 33 and a third chance of winning but i i got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Dom Harvey knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So Abe Corrigan, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at the Players' Championship. (laughs) But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percent. I got 141 and two-thirds percent chance of winning at the the Players' Championship. Senior Abe, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at the Players' Championship. You know, he really missed an opportunity to say they add up to disaster, right? Because he's talking about <laughs> right? numbers instead of saying yeah. spell, you know? Yeah. It's like WWF with math, you know? Well, that, no, that is, no, that literally is a reference to Scott Steiner from WCW. Oh, okay. All right, um, there we go. He did yeah. this whole thing about a three-way match they were having and about his chances of winning the match, and it was that it was literally that quote, and he just <laughs> applied it to the players' championship, which made me really happy. I was like, "That is an awesome reference," and you went all the way there, all the way in caps, like it should be. Uh, so I appreciated that, but uh, unfortunately, neither one of them uh, won Mythic Championship Seven. No, uh, but they're talking but- about the players' championship coming up for. Uh- uh, Star City, the Star City Players what? Championship. These are all okay, like so the Star different. City grinders that are qualified for the Got Players it. Championship, and uh, they're all doing like these wrestling promo things <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, they're all doing it. Well, I've seen more than just Edgar, although I oh, think he may have been the first so one great. that I noticed uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty <laughs> funny. There's a lot awesome. of like trash talk happening on Twitter. I think the one that I liked was uh, Zach Allen, who said, you know, they're known as Team Lotus Box, but after this weekend, they're going to be known as uh, Team Litter Box because they're going to spend all weekend getting on by a cat. <laughs> and it was a picture of the uh, Cauldron Familiar. <laughs> wow. I, I love so, that. That magic has reached that point of, like, wrestling trash talk. You know, I think it's great. You know, you need a little bit more flair in the in the competitive scene, you know. Woo! I'm oh, sorry. I need a little bit more flair. Sorry. Yeah. So that, that it was, uh, it, it's pretty funny, and I think uh, they're having a lot of fun with it. But, um. Yeah, so so let's uh, shout out all our sponsors, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and Card Hoarder, and a shout out to all our patrons. If you want to sh- support the show and get in on the uh, the Discord as well as some nifty tap stickers, you can uh, you can do so at our Patreon page. That's linked in the show notes. And uh, another quick reminder before we really get into things um, and probably get derailed again, uh, I'm I've got um, T-shirts that I'm designing, and the link is on our website. Our latest, uh, or my latest edition is a t-shirt that's Pioneer Beta Tester. And that's uh, just, you know, we're all, we're all beta testing Pioneer right now, basically. And so that thought that, that made a lot of sense on a t-shirt. I like that shirt. Sure. I, I feel like a, like a beta tester, you know, so I, I love it. Yeah. Shout out to Deck Builder. That's right. Our other sponsor, Deck Builder. Um, Hi. Yes. Shout out to, to, to those deck builder folks. Uh, the deck builder app is what we use to, to build decks while we're using our iPhones. So, um, yeah. So let's let's try to stay on topic. Uh, anyway, right. uh, it's, it's, it's hard to do with three of us, I think. 
Um, but we're going to give it a shot. So it's a magic number. Yes, it is the magic number. That's what they say. And this is a magic podcast, so it, it all it all works out. Um, big big event this weekend was Mythic Championship Seven, and it was won by Peter Canister Glagowski or Piotr. I've always been unsure about Peter. exactly how to pronounce it. I thought it was it's Peter Peter also, but people say Piotr because you know, uh, I guess you sound out the letters, and that's what it looks like. So Peter Canister Glagowski uh, defeated the field. In fact. He because he won his MPL split, he didn't have to play day one. This is my understanding. And so he starts playing on day two, goes completely undefeated all the way to the end of the tournament, wins the whole thing, uh, awesome. <laughs> wins it with a, uh, a Jund sacrifice deck that one of these oven decks with um, with Corvold the Fey cursed in it. And um, and he over he, he won in the finals over Brad Nelson, who arguably brought the deck of the tournament, which was uh, Simic Flash. So, I, I did. You guys get to watch any of the coverage? Did you? What did you think of uh, of what the format looked like this weekend? I didn't get to watch the coverage, but I, I followed along a little bit online. Kind of got an idea of what decks were going on, and I really love the way this format just looks. I don't. I mean, again, I don't know if it translates translates as well uh, in coverage, uh, but I really just love this format. Everyone gets to use spicy for cards and i hate it but i get to use some food terminology too i think these decks are real chunky like i feel like there's just a lot of like good chunky stuff going on in these decks like you know i mean it's they're just they're just they're just uh fun decks you know they're just uh there's not i don't know there's not some weird like busted thing that they're doing that like just isn't magic and this all feels like magic to me i look at these lists and i'm like yeah yeah you know you got your you know your azurius control is represented it you know not as much as i would like frankly i wish there was a little more control represented um in the uh, in the metagame but <laughs> uh but i think these decks are all really interesting um none of them feel like super unfair i mean jeskai fires when it gets to a point sure feels super unfair but you let it get to that point, you know what I mean? Like it's like uh, it, it takes a while to set up. Um, you basically blow up the enchantment, and, and they're in, in a world of hurt, you know. Um, so I feel like the deck, even though it's strong, it's fair. Um, I, I feel like uh, even Teferi, now that um, now that Oko's banned and all that, like I feel like Teferi kind of has like a fair place in the metagame and mm-hmm. isn't taking it over as much as I was afraid it would um, because the card is really powerful. Um, but, you know, I don't want to see it get banned and they also wouldn't ban it because it's going to be the face of, you know, of course, at 2021, as I keep saying. Do you feel um, like uh, that, that Teferi was taking over the metagame when Oko was around? Or I don't understand that statement. That I, now that okay, Oko's okay. gone, Teferi's so, fair? I don't understand. What does that mean? I thought, well, that's what I'm saying. So I thought Oko was going to be gone, and then Teferi was just going to be bumped up to the next trouble card. Oh, okay, because okay. Oko was, like, dominant, and Oko was just way more powerful than Teferi, right? Because, <laughs> we, we understand right. that, right? We're on the same page there, right? Yes. Yeah, right. okay, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, oh no, absolutely. Um but uh but Teferi, if Oko wasn't such like if Oko never existed, to I thought Teferi would have been like I see, yeah, the yeah, yeah. planeswalker that was a considered a problem, you know. Um because I thought I think it's super powerful, possibly overpowered, and was and I was worried about it 
being such a you know being largely represented here and you know again it's in Jeskai Fires but that's like and between that and Azorius Control that's like what 20% of the metagame you know so that's not like that dominant right you know? no 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 it's, it's actually yeah it's not even in the in the top I wouldn't say not top tier but I would say it's not you know clearly these like Simic Flash Simic Ramp decks uh, you know the, the oven engine it just seems like a more powerful thing to do you know than Teferi yeah, yeah, I mean, you have, like, Nyssa and Hydroid Crisis, still arguably the best cards in Standard, and they may have been arguably the best cards in Standard even with Oko, but uh, but Oko kind of made everything, <laughs> like, about him. So, uh, so but I, you What know, a conceited still... jerk, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. He walks around with no shirt on, making formats all about himself, you know? Like, <laughs> That's quite. I mean, I feel like they designed this planeswalker with such a personality. You know, right? I, I love it. I love his personality. It's great. Um, I, I think uh, you're you're absolutely right, Joe. Like, I think the format looks really. It looks balanced. Um, it looks healthy. Yeah. You know, yeah, it looks pretty healthy. The thing is that the outer edges are missing. I think so. You're missing like aggressive a- decks, ag- pretty much there's entirely. No aggro, yeah. yeah, there's no aggro, and the control decks are like there's not much. Like it's there. Like you said, it was. Uh, I know Ben Stark played Azorius. A couple other players played Azorius Control, uh, but they didn't. Uh, it, there weren't many of them, and they didn't seem to do very well in the tournament. So um, it's like those outer edges are clipped. So it's basically all you know, several flavors of mid range in a right. lot of a lot of ways, which is fine. I think if you're going to have a format that's all one kind of deck, like uh, mid range, might be the the best of the choice or best of, of our options. You don't want a format that's just a whole bunch of control decks or a whole bunch of combo decks or a whole bunch of aggro decks, a whole bunch of right. mid, mid-range decks. Well, those decks kind of pivot to be aggro or more controlling. At least you get a little bit of everything with, with mid-range. It's a, so. it's a, it's a <laughs> chunky format. It's a chunky format. I don't know what format. that means, but I'll go with it. It, it, means as much, it means exactly what spicy means, okay? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Well, um, what do you what do you guys make of this? So I find this interesting. Uh, you know, Teferi is in this uh, you know Jeskai Fires deck and in right. these control decks and stuff. But like the interesting thing was back when the format before like Food came along, right before Trail of Crumbs and Cat Oven, right? Um, Teferi used to really kind of trump these flash decks, right? So like it would kind of like keep some of the flash decks in check because it was like, Oh, well there's all these Teferi's floating around. So it's really hard to, you don't want like 10 main deck counter spells, right? <laughs> Cause it's like, once they play that, it just kind of shuts off. What do you think yeah. happened? Like, why did these flash decks become a good, is it because they dropped these bad cards and put like Nissa in and the Hydra crisis, which are not typically flash cards, right? Like, the old flash decks used to just kind of be all try to play everything on your opponent's turn. Now they kind of cut some of those things like, what is it, Brineborn, Cutthroat, and right. you know, these... these uh, what do you think? What, why do you think that happened? I think I think basically what Brad and, uh, and Seth Manfield and Javier Dominguez, who were the three players, the only three players that played this deck in the event, all three made top eight, which is pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, what I think they are doing is they took that Simic Flash deck and sort of just hybridized it a little bit with the the Simic Ramp deck, kind of that we we all been seeing for months, which <laughs> is you know Nissa and Hydroid Crisis, um, and so they do have that element of going over the top that um, kind of doesn't care about Teferi. So they didn't really go all in on the uh, on the Flash element, and I think that 
kind of gives them a better matchup against Teferi. And also they do have a bunch of counter spells. You know, they got Mythical Dispute, one mana deal with Teferi. You know, like, and that I think yeah. is, is what their plan is with that card. Um, if they if they see a Teferi, it's kind of like that's that's what Mystical Dif- Dispute is for. So, um, right. Well, they also I, have Paradise like Druid, right? Which is pretty huge against a Teferi, right? Because Teferi can't balance it. Right. So it always threatens it, right? Because it has two power. And right. not that it can knock it out once, but like they can't, like some, some play patterns with Teferi is you play it. And even if you don't have anything to bounce, sometimes you just like cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, especially if the board's empty, that cuts that play pattern completely out, right? Because yeah. you can't cycle with a Paradise Druid staring it down. And then also the Paradise Druid plays that ramp kind of, uh, you know, role that you're talking about, you know, it's kind exactly. of threatens, but then it, it, it ramps, you know? So it's an interesting thing. What did you think, Big Head Joe? I think I, I think also it's it's probably possible that things like uh, Mayhem Devil, Devil are uh, keeping Teferi in check because mm. all you got to do is sacrifice one thing and ping it for one damage. You know, there's a lot of one damage that's going around. You know, like yeah. uh, like even when the red uh, Cavalcade of Calamity decks uh, were a thing, and I think <sighs> it's still a thing. I've actually been, I've actually been enjoying that deck um, in the brief with Tor, time with I've Tor had Brand? to actually play. Is, is, is that the deck you're talking about, Torbrand Tor Cavalcade? Brand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. With my big butt dwarf, you that, know it. That deck is scary at times, man. If you get the right curve, it's just like ah. <laughs> I was playing against some like I think it was like a Golgari sacrifice deck, mm-hmm. and I had him at eleven, and I was like, oh, and I was at two life for like three turns, and I just kept blocking stuff, and eventually I was, or, or no, it was it must not have been sacrifice because they would have done the last two damage to me, um, but it was something, and I had him at two life, and I just kept chump blocking, chump blocking, and I was just like, oh. Uh, two, four, seven in the air, you're dead. You know, I was just like, huh, okay, I guess I just win. <laughs> Neat. Because uh, I really didn't think I was going to win. I didn't even have a cavalcade. Like, I didn't even have one. And I still was like, took him from 11 to zero the turn before I was going to die. Um, Maybe it was one of those uh, green-black adventure decks, Joe? It might have been. It might have been. The other I I, I actually, I, I think that's what it was. Because I think they even had like a murderous rider out. They could have gained some life next turn. Nah, nah, I didn't let them. Um, good, good call. But, good call. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but my point is, you know, there's a lot of ways in the cavalcade. You don't even have to get to the to the Teferi. All you have to do is swing at it, and you ping it for a damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I think there's a lot of ways in the format that kind of keep the card down, um, which is, uh, you know, part of the reason why that card's not dominating. Yeah, and we saw a couple of like shifting Ceratops seeing play in some sideboards that's another one you know just in case yeah. you know your opponent has to ferry um yeah. so i i think to has been kept under control you know pretty well at least over the, the past couple of weeks and um and i guess we'll see how things change but i, I think the, the interesting thing like you said uh john you mentioned like brine board cutthroat like this this flash deck has kind of been around since the beginning of the format but it just never really took hold of anything and so it's not like it was a completely unknown quantity but nobody was really worried about it it was not a big part of the metagame going into this weekend and i think like brad and seth and and, um javier dominguez like they they looked at the format and said hey you know there's there's no aggro decks we we don't need to worry about that particular element um we can just kind of tempo people out there's there's just you know a bunch of mid-range decks and i think you know they they have a pretty good matchup against those but um it does seem like they don't have a, a very good matchup against the these oven decks um and we saw that 
I, I'm sure we saw it multiple times over the weekend, but we definitely saw it in the finals when uh, I think Brad took one game off of Canister. I think he got, uh, I think he might've won game one, but then Canister won game two and three and that was it. So, uh, mm-hmm. but one of the interesting things I think right now about the, these oven decks, or at least the Jund version playing Corvold, um, I, I, I made a, minor joke in our show notes that you've both seen uh this year's nexus of fate um it might not be that <laughs> might not be that bad but we're in the same situation where i saw um dominic harvey tweeting like i need four corvold for the players championship and i can't find them anywhere and it's like this i i hate this right now <laughs> i really hate that wizards is making these cards that are only available like in very limited spots like so Corvold is a brawl commander um and so mm-hmm. only available in the brawl decks um and and, and 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 collector packs oh and the collector pack yeah so it's it's yes. just the release it's uh the quantity out there is just not very high and you can't i mean i guess if you find the Corvold brawl deck at your local target or walmart like great then <laughs> you buy four of them um but i think uh it's just another example of a card that's that you're not able to open in booster packs and it's more difficult to get a hold of for whatever reason. And, um, I, what, what do you guys think of that? I, okay. So I, first of all, I love the fact that this card is being played and winning a mythic championship. I mean, I think the card is super cool. Um, it's chunky, man. It's chunky. <laughs> I like it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's troublesome, you know, that you you can't find it anywhere. You can't get it out of like a regular booster pack. Um, you know, the supply is so low that. I mean, I, I was, while you were talking, I was looking at cool stuff to see how much they were at, but I can't find out because it's just not in stock. out of stock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and that's like, the thing. Like, um, we don't know what the supply is because if you remember, they said there were more copies of Nexus of Fate out there than a typical Mythic Rare, which you know, I guess we have to take their word for it. Um, does right. a similar concept apply to Corvold or they, is the supply just, it's, it's, it's there, but people don't, uh, I think, I think it is like, there. I think, I think the supply is there. I think there's a little bit of, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, throw any shade or whatever, but here's the thing. First of all, the, the, the supply when the, when the decks first came out was very low. So what happened is wizards released these brawl decks and they weren't sure of how successful they were going to be. So there's a smaller print run. And then what they, I guess they miscalculated that, Hey, these are not brawl decks. They're commander decks. Okay. It's like commander, you know, release a for the year, you know, cause the, everyone's mm-hmm. going to use these brawl cards in commander, you know? Right. And so the commander demand really, really just pressured their first printing of the brawl deck. So what they did is right away, they realized, Oh no, these things are going to sell out. Let's get another print run going. And so there was a time, you know, when they first came out, maybe like, you know, two weeks, three weeks after they first came out, it was really hard to get them. And then after another month, you know, the second supply started to hit and, and drain in or filter in rather. And then it was easier and easier to get them, right? So um, all that to say is that what happened was the singles were in demand. And whenever there's a demand on singles that are in a sealed product, you can expect the supply to be high because what retailers will do is they'll just crack the product, right? It's just like, oh, we could get how many from the distributor? 20, you know, 100, all of them, you know, because basically opening this thing and selling the singles at the time, uh, you know, it was uh, Tulane 
was was mm-hmm. commanding a high price tag, you know, just because commander players and stuff. And so we, you know, people, you know, in the, in the business would just buy that stuff and then open it and sell the singles, right? And so, um, so that's the first thing I want to say about supply. If you want to look at it from like a, you know, the perspective of supply and demand and, and pricing and finance and stuff. Uh, so I do believe that there's a lot of um, copies out there, and I really think that it's. Maybe I approach formats differently when I play, you know, the format. Um, but I think some of these people, they should just be more prepared, you know. Corvold was, was appearing in these sacrifice decks, you know, um, I don't know, a month ago, you know. Like yeah. you, started, you started to see them as one-ofs and in the sideboard. And, you know, you, you start to emerge as a card in the format. So if I were, like, qualified or close to being qualified for the Players' Championship where I was going to have to play standard and I was – you know, looking at the best decks, you know, Sacrifice is one of the best decks, you know. And so I would have picked up Corvolts, you know. I would right, have just like picked them just up. In case, because, yeah. Just in case, because I don't want to be left with the, you know, I understand that, you know, I can't two days before a tournament just expect to find Mythic Rares that are everyone's going to need for the tournament. You know, I mean, right. come on, it's like, you know... Be be, be uh, you know a little bit forward looking or think ahead you know and so you know now some people will say oh well nobody you know not everybody has like you know disposable income to just pick up you know four x of the format you know but of course you know that kind of response is a little bit uh, overblown you know you you narrow down as a players championship player probably between two or three decks that you'll be playing you know maybe even you know two or three versions of one archetype so. You know why not make sure that you have all the all the copies of that of the stuff that go in that archetype or, or that could go in the archetype, right? It's yeah. like um, what's his Patrick Sullivan who has the red box, right? He yep. likes to play mono red, and he every time he sees a card that could be played in mono red, he just buys four copies, right? Because he he, he just wants access to the cards that he thinks would be played in mono red, and I think the same thing goes for these people who are actually, you know, players championship. It's like semi pro, you know, you're semi pro. You should have your tools, you know, and and uh, and be uh, be prepared, you know. And I'm sorry that you know people are experiencing trouble getting cards. I, there's it's not that I have no sympathy for these people, but at the same time, like maybe use this as a lesson to like ahead of time watch the meta. And pick up those cards that are starting to to show you know promise and you know get, get ahead of it in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I think you make a lot of good points. Um, and of course, we're not just talking about you know this one player. I think just the, the idea across the the board, any player that says, "Hey, I need, I want to play this deck because I was playing an Oko deck, and now the the oven decks look great, and I'm gonna try to play this," and they go looking for it. You know, it might not be for the players' championship. They may just be somebody who likes to switch, you know, jump around between best decks. But um, I, I, just the idea that it's hard to find these cards, at least it seems like it is, um, because they're un- they're distributed in an unusual way for a, for a standard card, um, I think is causing some um, uh, gnashing of teeth, you know? Well, <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Money is a great motivator, you know? If you want to find cards, just put money out there and you'll find the cards, you know? <laughs> Right. I mean, in the end, like, you know, okay, yeah, you can't find them at the current market rate, but what if you just double it? Hey, I'll pay $25 for every Corvold that someone will bring me at the tournament. Someone's going to come up with a with a four Corvolds for you. Don't, right. don't worry about that. You know, like, you know, that's, not, you know, and I'm not saying, hey, we all, we solve all the problems by money, but like, if you're playing in this player championship tournament 
and you expect to do well, then that's that's a cost of doing business. You know, you expect yeah. that. Uh, but if you're playing and you don't expect to do well, then what are you doing? Like, forget about buying the Corvolds. Just, you know, play a fun deck or whatever, you know. But if you really... <laughs> right. Seriously, though, if you really think that you're going to do well and that these Corvolds are important to your success, then you have to make the investment in yourself, right? It's yeah, saying yeah. That, that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this and, and 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 accomplish your goal. You know, when I have tools that I have to get to accomplish my goal, if I need to have artwork to promote something or if I need to have a some technology to do something that I want to do. Uh, yeah, it hurts. Sometimes you have to pay for that. And even if your budget's limited, which, you know, it maybe sounds like I don't have a limit, but I do. You know, I have a very limited budget. And it's like but I, I, I bet on myself. I say I'm going to uh make this a success or I'm going to, I'm going to go forward and, and, uh, and get that investment back, you know, by, right. by doing well or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good kind of way of looking at it. We're all kind of looking at it in just the superficial layer of, I need this dragon, you know, like <laughs> it's just, uh, the cards themselves. But when you really kind of look behind it, like you said, it's like, this is a tool of your trade and if you need it, you got to get it. So, um, right, right. I, I do wish, like, I, I think it would be, um, I, I don't like that Wizards is is distributing them this way though. That's you know just my personal uh, preference that they just standard cards are in standard packs or you know if if they were doing these kind of uh, strange distribution models like make it a reprint like okay make Birds of Paradise your buy a box and it's only as the buy a box and it's legal and standard whatever you know like something like that. We're talking or just about get the same rid of company. Brawl. Just get rid of Brawl, you know? <laughs> sure. We're, we're talking about the same company that uh, printed Oko impacts for standard. Like, to say that they have a grasp of what's going to be standard playable and what isn't is probably extremely generous, you know? Um, so I think that, like, you know, they printed Corvold and they were like, hey, fun commander card. They printed Oko and for some reason they were like, hey, fun card for uber casuals. You know, like, uh, <laughs> um, you know. It's uh, fun so, when it's so, on your side of the field. <laughs> right. You know, like, totally. That's the way all cards are that are, like, super overpowered and broken. Like, I, tell, I, always, I always tell Joey, Whenever you see someone complaining that a card got banned, ask them how many copies of that card they had in their deck. You know what I mean? It's always four. The answer is always four. You know, <laughs> but, but like let's be fair. The only though, people nobody, who are actually a, nobody looked uh, at Oko. Nobody looked at Oko and said that's broken. So we're 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 also you know we talk about oh wizards couldn't see that. Come on, we see that a mile away. But like who was saying broken, broken? No, everyone was looking at Oko and being like, yeah, that's kind of underwhelming. But then you play with it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I think this card is broken. <laughs> yeah, we literally didn't even talk about Broco in our uh, no, previews. Like, no, no. It, it's, like, you know. it's, you know, it's all revisionist history, right? Like, everyone talks about how, oh, that we should have saw that, you know, but nobody saw it. Who saw it? Yeah, and the first no person I saw that – the first person I saw pointing out how strong the card was was Ari Lax uh, on, like, a Star City article. And I was – I read it because I was like – he, I think the title, you know, was like the clickbait kind of thing. Like, Oko is going to be the most powerful planeswalker in standard. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I read it, and I'm like, okay, he makes some good points. Now I, I really do like Oko. You know, I, I like it now. It is strong, but I yeah. still wasn't wasn't thinking it was going to be what it was. Um, yeah, you I, got to scratch out the standard part and put history. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. it really is. It is. Um, um, so. We can, uh, speaking of scratching out the standard part, we can move on 
<laughs> wow. Wow. Like that? What a segue, man. Oh, segue that is strong today. That was today. so good. Thank you. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so the the second part of our podcast that uh, I think we're all pretty excited about talking about uh, Pioneer right now. Um, Pioneer being kind of um, like, like we said earlier, we're all just beta testing it right now. But it's so much fun, like kind of seeing how this not only just like a like a metagame, but like the format as it gets affected by, you know, every Monday evening or afternoon, everybody's looking like, you know, when's lunch over? When are, when are we getting the latest ban announcement and how is the format going to change? So it's, it's kind of fun and exciting in that way. Um, the latest bans, which we haven't yet discussed on the show, um, were from December 2nd. And it was Smuggler's Copter, Field of the Dead and Once Upon a Time. Um, yesterday was December 9th was the latest announcement and there were no changes. So, um, what do we think? First of all, you know, anybody have any, uh, any opinions on copter or field or once upon a time? Yes. Yes. I'm very sad about copter because, you know, I get it. Like I get, it's a very easy card to slot into like any aggro deck, but cool. I mean, like that means, aggro decks might be decent you know i don't think that's a bad thing um now but i don't i have not admittedly had much experience looking at this metagame and i haven't had much experience playing it i've been writing like when we get off this call i'm literally going straight back to writing my research paper that's due tomorrow um so you know like i haven't had as much time to look at this as i would like um but you know, I felt like Smuggler's Copter. Yes, it, you know, it's a card that's going to be in a lot of different decks, but they're aggro decks. You know, and I, and I don't know. I just feel like taking a tool like that away from aggro decks uh, is going to hurt them. And I think that, like, you know, when you look at a format like like standard right now, where there really aren't any aggro decks, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing. And like, so hampering the ability of of, of aggro decks to function throughout the format, like weakening an entire aspect of magic, I feel isn't that great. I don't know. Um, but again, I can't speak on how dominant that card has been in the field, how like how dominant aggro decks have been relative to other decks. You know, I, I, I can't speak on that. But I can just speak on the fact that I think that giving aggro decks something to be successful with is important. Uh, whether or not it fits into one or multiple decks. So that's that. Well, you, you played a little bit with the mono black aggro deck, and that was the deck that I believe Wizards was targeting a little bit with the Smuggler's Copter thing, because mono black aggro was the arguably the most powerful deck prior to Copter being banned. And okay. there were no cards really in the deck stronger than Smuggler's Copter. And I think that was kind of where they were were looking they had they had smuggler's copter on their watch list i'm sure because uh it was banned in standard and they wanted to see is it going to be okay for for pioneer um because it's not it doesn't see play in modern it's legal in modern nobody plays it there so it's kind of like well pioneer seems like a perfect place for it um but you see these mono black aggro lists uh doing so well and you look at the rest of the deck and you go like what how do we fix this? Like what, what is making these decks so dominant? And I think they just decided, you know what, it, it, Copter is going to make these decks less consistent. And that's, I say, it wasn't fatal push. Right. I know you, you, you can jump on that in a second, but yeah. <laughs> or, or uh, Thoughtseize. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thoughtseize, I think is like a, 
Go ahead. Yeah, just to be clear, I don't think Thoughtseize would, would ever be banned in, in Pioneer, nor do I think it should be. But but you guys are right that the mono black deck, I don't even think it was arguably the best deck. I think it was just hands down the best deck in the format when mm-hmm. when that banning occurred. And what I think I personally would not have banned Copter. I understand they needed to ban something to weaken the deck because they didn't want like mono black to be just like so dominant it was really dominant and so i understand that the desire to kind of break up the types of um aggressive decks and and i think their reasoning they gave is that they wanted the aggressive decks to find their own way you know like they wanted them to find a a two drop that was unique to red a two drop that was unique to black you know um instead of them all just playing smuggler's copter well at the same time weakening the mono black deck Mm-hmm. I personally would have rather seen Smuggler Copter survive that banning because I, I do think that it adds so much to the format as far as like giving aggressive decks a tool and uh, and also other decks. Like I played it in my Dredge deck, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, the ability to discard. It was in the in Soul Artifact deck, um, you know, so it was in a lot of different uh, variations of, of other style of decks that, you know, you could play with. Um, but I think in the end, like, so when they first banned it, I was a little bit kind of like salty, not like angry and like taking it to Twitter or anything, but I really felt like, Hey, you know, you should have maybe targeted something else in the mono black deck. Uh, one of the popular choices was castle Lockthwain, um, because that would take the ability to grind away from the deck, you know, cause usually because, it, you know, the way the deck was built, it was so many, uh, low drops is that you empty out your hand pretty quickly and then you could just lean on Castle Loctane to like basically draw you two cards a turn, you know. Also, mm-hmm. since they're they're very low in mana cost, it left as you started to flood out, quote unquote. It gave you something to do with the mana. Just really well constructed deck, you know. Right. Um, so so I, I was I was on the like kind of like ah, I don't think they should have banned it because of what Copter brings to all these other decks. But at the same time, when they said, "Hey, look, we really do still think Aggro is going to be a." like a a strong component of the meta we're just taking this away to weaken the mono black deck and also you know to kind of force aggro to find its way in those colors i started to realize you know that is true that is true because aggro is still here it's mono black is still a good deck um it's kind of taken more of a mid-range route on in some capacities like um using the uh a devotion angle or kind of going for for bigger things right well you don't have to crew a copter like you don't have to go like you know having those 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 small creatures that you can do different things with the deck. Also, one thing that like once one thing that I realized is that planeswalkers are also kind of feel that role of smuggler's copter, right? Um, they they give aggro decks like things that you can play that control decks have trouble dealing with and other angles of attack. You know, like maybe even the three man. I don't think this is showing up yet. In, in the in the format, but like you think of something like the three mana Chandra that makes two elementals, you know, and attacks that kind of thing, you know, is something that an aggro deck might be in the market for. And, and all things considered, you know, the the format has taken the loss of Smuggler Copter in stride. You know, there's still an insole artifact deck. There's still a mono black aggro deck, and it's not as devastating as I thought it might have been originally to the format. So. You know, all things considered, I think those bands were good, but I would say that the one I'm most sad about with Big Hit Joe, I agree that the, losing the Smuggler's Copter was felt a little bad because it did feel like kind of like he was being framed or you know bad rap, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's, and, and I, go ahead, Joe. I, I want to be very clear that I should have prefaced my statement with I desired running four copies of Smuggler's Copter in whatever deck I built in Pioneer. So that's why I have a problem with it. And that's what I'm saying. You can always trace it back to how many copies of the card that person wanted to play if they have a problem. But anyway, okay, sorry. So in that, in that same, uh, you know, in the spirit of your disclaimer, I own four copies of Smuggler's Copter, which I bought when Pioneer was announced. But I did know that it was it was very high on the watch list. But that's three. That makes three of us that would not have banned Smuggler's Copter at this point. And um, kind of, you know, you. It's one of those cards that I'm on the fence about because I do see how strong it is, and I do see, you know, sort of why it was banned. But I don't feel like it was like such a bad thing. Right. Like I kind of I guess maybe I just would have given it more time because um, because I do feel like Smuggler's Copter is it's, it's a fun card. Um, and I just I do feel like it's got an interesting, interesting play to it. And um, yeah, so I'm not going to go well, rehash. They, a lot they, of have you to, did, but yeah. they have to strike, strike a real, real delicate balance here, too. And this right. is one of the things that kind of give me those bad feelings about banning smuggler's copter is i love the pioneer format i haven't said that but i'm really excited about the format i think it's great and i want to see the format uh you know uh continue to grow and flourish it's already taken off like like gangbusters and i want to see that continue and one of the things they have to strike the balance of is keeping pioneer its own format keeping its own identity and one of the thing that contributed to that identity is the idea that you can play these cards that are, first of all, viable. Like you said, it's not viable in modern to play Smuggler's Copter, but in Pioneer, it's really viable, right? So, right. first of all, viable and, you know, powerful, right? It's like So, like, things like Dig Through Time and, like, you know, um, the Delve spells and stuff, they find a place, a really nice place in Pioneer. So, that's kind of what's driving some of these people to the format, right? If they right. start banning these things and the format becomes more and more like standard, then you have the historic problem, right? It's like, well, who cares? It's standard, you know? I don't, <laughs> right. You know, I'm going to play standard and I'll play standard part two, you know? It's the same thing. So, they have to strike that delicate balance where they give you stuff like vehicles, which is a very Pioneer esque kind of thing, you know? And Delve spells, which, you know, it seems like. You know, without the fetch lands, there's kind of found a place, you know, where this stuff can exist in a fair, fairish kind of way, you know. Uh, and if they start taking all this stuff away, imagine they take smuggler's copters and the delve spells out, and then it just starts to become more homogenous with standard, and then the the, the interest in the format starts to wane, right? Yeah. So you, it's, it's super delicate of the balance that they strike. And I was I was feeling like they're overstepping that balance a little bit with the smuggler's copter ban. And so I feel like, eh, like, careful, guys, careful, you know? Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, the interest in the format is for it being different from the other formats. And I think uh, Copter is one of the cards that people – I mean, I never played with Smuggler's Copter in Standard because I wasn't playing Standard at the time. So when Pioneer was announced, it was in, like, literally my first order of cards that I needed for the format because – I'm like, this is a cool card. If I want to play an aggro deck, I want this copter. And hey, maybe I can somehow, you know, fit it into some kind of interesting other deck. You know, I don't know. You know, Emery, Emery can crew a copter, right? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, I was excited to play that card. Now, I'd never even got a chance to. I just, that was not the kind of deck I was building. And now I, I won't. But I do want to point out, they can't always unban it. If it was at all, like, close, maybe they get the format into a, a stable place and they say you know what let's unband 
you know, Stoneforge Mystic like they did. Hopefully they don't, they don't <laughs> wait eight years to unban Smuggler's Copter, but, uh, but they can unban it. And maybe, maybe that will be something we'll see down the road. I don't think we'll see it anytime very soon. But I don't um, think yeah. we'll see many unbans in Pioneer in general simply because they started with practically none. Um, and I think that they're not going to be banning things unless they're certain they wish to no longer have it in the format. You know, the more card, like this is a you know, eternal format. So the longer time goes by, the more cards get added to it. Mm-hmm. So it's only going to get better when it has more options. Yes, you could print 20 artifact removal spells, but then there are probably 21 drops that can crew this thing and, 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 you know, and make the deck stronger in that same period of time, you know? Right. I think you're strengthening um, the case for unbanning because the idea is the format will grow and, uh, and will change as new cards are added. So maybe there's a, a version of the format or maybe there's a reality or a timeline where Smuggler's Copter is not only okay, but maybe need it to help out aggro decks, you know, because something was printed that made uh, control decks or, or, you know, something that's really strong or, you know, there, there's right. a possibility. I, I feel like because the format's going to grow, that opens up the unbanning, uh, the way to unban, the path. Whereas if the format never changed, then yeah, it's clear the Smuggler's Coppers, they didn't want it in there. There's no reason to ever bring it back. I get that, but at the same time, their, their reason for banning it, that the, like the mono black deck should find a black two drop, the mono red deck should find a red two drop, they're going to print those two drops in between now and whenever period of time Smuggler's Copter would be deemed uh, able to be unbanned. And at that point, it would be unnecessary to even add it to the format because those decks are thriving. You know, I just feel like I just feel like if they're banning something, they're going to stick with it, at least for a while. I mean, I think that, like, it would be a Stoneforge Mystic situation. Eight years. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's really... Um, because it's such a small ban list... Um, Right I now, I just feel like the, <laughs> so. I, I shouldn't. Right, right, so what I, right. I shouldn't sell my playset of smugglers' coppers. That I should keep them for eight years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> MTG Finance. There Sounds we go. Me. No, um, I actually agree with both of you. I, I know that doesn't make sense, but I see both of your points, and I can totally oh, see. Oh, so right in the fence. Yeah. Come but look, on, so I like Joe. Position, I like bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like Joe's point that they've been so uh, careful with adding cards to the band list, or meaning like they've they've started us off with no band list essentially, um, mm-hmm. and let it let the format play out. So I do feel like that's a point in the favor of bands being like sticking longer. But I do also agree, like once th- this format is is what it is right now today, December 10th, 2019 and December, December 10th, 2020, it's going to be a completely different format. And maybe smugglers copter actually fits perfectly into that format, but we don't know what that looks like. Um, so, so I, the, the growth of the format and the evolution of it can make it a safer place to, to unban cards too. So we'll see. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you guys on terms in terms of like wishing they hadn't hit the copter down just yet um aaron joey told me to tell you it's what it is <laughs> he said it's what it is john have you watched the irishman on netflix yet no i haven't no, okay okay uh, highly recommend it. it's very good i just finished it myself but yet joe keeps using the is it is what it is uh meme uh, from it's show. what it is it, yeah. it's not it's not even it is what it is it's it's what it is. It's what, it's what it, is. it is. I don't know. I love. It's I don't it love is. it so much. 
But anyway, um. <laughs> so so on the topic of bands and in Pioneer, let's. Uh, I, I think we all have cards in mind that we think Wizards might be watching. What, what do you guys think are like the cards that are right now maybe risky risky to buy into if you were to to, to buy into the format right now? John, you want to start? Yeah, I, I can start now. I think the framing of that is. A strange way to frame it. What is risky to buy into, right? Okay. Um, what cards? Yeah, if you bought four Smuggler's Copter a week ago or two weeks ago, that would have been a risky buy because you probably would have thought Smuggler's Copter might get banned. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. But if you bought, but but when you bought Smuggler's Copters, how much did you pay? Uh, I think like five bucks each, something like that. You know how much they are right now? No. Five dollars. Oh, okay, so no loss. Yes. So, so yeah. See, see, see. What the point? The point being is because you bought them early enough. Uh, when they got banned, they were like nine or ten bucks, right? Right, <laughs> but like, right. Because you bought them early enough, it, the ban did not really affect you from a monetary financial value. So, sure, sure. That, so, like, what I would say, like, let me. This will make sense when I start listing cards. But, like, for example, one thing that um, Aaron Forsythe has said, and I think this was in tweet exchanges or whatever. I always follow his tweet exchanges and stuff. So I can kind of understand what he's thinking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not that he makes all the decisions, but the, he's uh, representing kind of that, that faction of decision making, right? He's yeah. vice president of design or whatever. And so one thing that he said is that he agrees that, you know, Teferi has unhealthy play patterns. Right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, that that's three minutes fairy time raveler, right? And that the fact that it shuts off like instance, you know, uh, can really make for a undesirable game state, right? In the sense that, you know, it really cuts out a whole, you know, card type, you know? And so like, I think that Teferi is from a, from a pioneer perspective on that kind of watch list, like watch out, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, you know, if you want to have to fairies uh, in your collection or whatever, because I think they might be banned down the future because it's something that they're watching. But what I will say is like to fairy right now, you can get them for 17 bucks, you know, 17 to 20 dollars. If you buy to fairies now, I'm not sure that they will be um, that that would be a bad buy because uh, I think that Teferi has lots of room to grow. It sees play in eternal formats. It sees play in modern, you know, in legacy at sometimes. It's a, definitely a powerful enough planeswalker to see play beyond standard. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not like Pioneer or Bust, right? Sure. Because, you know. Right. Uh, so, like, another one, a, a good example would be, like, so a lot of people are, are kind of fearful of the Delve spells. Um, right. You know, like, um, you know, Dig Through Time and Treasure, Treasure Cruise. Treasure Cruise, yep. And so treasure crews, who cares, right? What are they? 50 cents right now? Like, okay, if they get banned, whatever you yeah. move on with life, you know, I'll give you a refund. Um, you know, but with dig through time, that's something that's a little bit different, right? Because that doesn't have anywhere else to really go. You know, it is pioneer or bust right now, you know? And so dig through time is a card that I think, okay, you know, that could be something that's on the watch is definitely something that people are watching. Um, but again, you know the market price of that is about six six fifty, and you can buy them heavily played for three seventy five. You know, so you know if you're going to play a deck with Dick through time, just buy some heavy played versions of it, and you know uh, if it gets banned, you lost you know twelve dollars. You know, right? Um, I, I, so you so know, it, taking the financial aspect out of it, just kind of maybe risky in terms of saying like I'm going to spend my time building a deck that plays a certain card 
and, you know, whatever time, whatever resources you want to use, just saying like, that's kind of what I mean by risky in terms of playing a, oh, a okay, card okay. that made from you a, ban. Uh, from a, a time investment, an emotional investment, uh, yeah. the cards I would look out for are Teferi, uh, Dig Through Time, Nissa, uh, the five mana Nissa, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, probably the um, uh, Nykthos. Okay. No land Nykthos. So yep. those would be the what four that, that that I would I would look at. Oko's another Oko's another one uh, that that would be lower on the list for me though because yeah. I, I really do feel like the power level because you have abrupt decay in this format. Uh, you know, it, it feels like the, the aggressive decks are are aggressive enough to win through an Oko. Um, you know, the the removal is is very nice. You know. Uh, as far as like, uh, well, at least the, not not the white removal, but <laughs> but but you know, at least you know stuff like abrupt decay and and things of that nature. Uh, you know, uh, I think that you know pithing needle is pretty uh, common in the format. Again, something that you can deal with Oko with is pithing needle. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Oko is for lo- lower on the thing, but but I have seen it's super powerful. So you. You never know what what kind of decks will be built around that card, you know. But those so would be there my... haven't really been any yet. You know, Oko's seeing like play, but not it's not dominating the format. It's not ubiquitous. It's not like it, it, I mean, Oko is seeing more play in modern um, than it is in Pioneer. Right huh. in Pioneer, it's kind of relegated to the to the Sultai mid range sash control deck. You know, the one that's you know thought yeah. seizes, uh, you know abrupt decays, uh, fatal pushes, and then you know Oko's and stuff like that uh but right. it's not you know it, it does see some maybe some in the collected company decks uh, a couple there you know but even those Teferi. aren't even that you're no not, you're yeah. not seeing a ton it, of those yet right and so so yeah i agree that you know that, that's why i put it lower on the list i would say like other things like teferi dig through time nyctos and nissa are, are things that are more uh kind of put the little red red uh you know alert flag for me or whatever you want right to Joe, did you have any any cards that were you had in mind at all? I know you haven't been playing as much, so. Well, yeah, again, I haven't really looked at the. I mean, I haven't really played very much, so I can't really say what's super dominant. But uh, I just felt like Oko might have been the next thing to go because, you know, um, it's super powerful, but it's apparently it's not as big of a problem as I thought it might be. It's so. strange that it's not because you'd think it would be, but um, yeah, based on how much play it's all in standard and how much play it sees in modern and it's seeing play all the way back in you know in vintage and. <laughs> I think so. Definitely legacy. Um, I think you'd think it would be uh, kind of all over the place in Pioneer, but really it's not. Um, the The cards that I had in mind were uh, Nykthos, like you mentioned, John. I think yeah. I think I think they've kind of been watching that all along, and in a lot of ways, maybe banning around it, trying to weaken the the devotion strategies without hitting Nykthos itself. And I, we have talked about this a little bit on the show um, because I think they want devotion to be a thing i think they like the mechanic and they want there to be a devotion deck but if it becomes too powerful um nick those may need to be hit and the thing that would would stink is that like okay green devotion is super powerful but red devotion isn't white devotion isn't blue devotion isn't black devotion isn't you know like those are fine but we're gonna hit all these decks because the one color is too powerful so i think that's what they looked at early in the format and went okay we're gonna hit Leyline of abundance you know, and Oath of Nyssa and try to like hit the green deck without hitting the other colors. But I do think they're watching Nykthos. Um, 
And that and was kind of strange, right? Because they didn't do that with smugglers' copters. <laughs> they they, <laughs> yeah, they were right. like surgical. They were like surgical with the model green deck, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" They hit Leilani. <laughs> this is like the perfect band. And then, like with the model black deck, instead of hitting like Lockthwait and like you know the the Knight of the Ebon Legion, you know, they're just like, "Yeah, you know, smugglers' copter." It's like, come on, guys, like. Pick an approach, like yeah, yeah. I mean, like the thing with Copter, though, I guess, is that it was already on the the watch list just because of the standard banning, and I don't think Nykthos was ever really that big of a concern in standard. And I, right, I don't, right. I'm sure that the standard banning, yeah, but neither was neither was the ley line. That that wasn't a concern in standard either. Oh no, no, no. That was them surgically extracting <laughs> right surgical extraction. The, <laughs> um, the other card uh, that we haven't mentioned is Nexus of Fate, and. uh I think it's being, I think they're looking at it. Um, I think they, because it was banned in best of one, I think it's, it's like on their list. But at the same time, I think that it might, like it wasn't banned in best of three in standard. And so I think they might let it continue for a while, depending on how, you know, how well these decks keep doing. But Simic Nexus is a deck. Um, it has been a deck since I think week one of Pioneer, and it still is. You see these Simic Reclamation decks, and mm-hmm. we talked about one on the show. I mean, it, it looks just like the standard deck with a couple of upgrades. Um, and so, but I do think that that card is something that they're they're keeping an eye on. And um, and John, you mentioned the Delve spells, and particularly um, Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. Those are the ones that that were banned in standard. Um, and I wanted to kind of touch on the, the Delve idea in general because, yeah, these cards were banned in standard because they were in a standard, not only in standard, but in a set, I believe, that, that included Fetchlands. Uh, so well, that's were, what makes them good, man. <laughs> exactly, right? So, And then they're banned in modern where there are Fetchlands. You know, fetch they're banned lands, in yeah. these formats where the Fetchlands. I think they, they're banned in Legacy too, right? Like, I, I right, can't remember, right, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. all these formats with the Fetchlands. They start Pioneer off right away with no Fetchlands and now i think this is like what did you expect dig through time to do when you printed it like you know what i mean like outside of fetchlands which is easy mode for delve um the the card does what it says it does it doesn't do anything surprising like it's a it's it's a fair cost uh when you take the fetchlands out of the equation that can just fill your graveyard so easily so i kind of feel like pioneer is the format where they would want you know this kind of card to be powerful but not overpowered, um, mm-hmm. where, where the delve spells can... It's a safe place for delve spells, you know? It's just, like, the the, the appeal of the format, like you kind of touched on uh, a few minutes ago, John. Like, the the reason... Where can you play Dig Through Time? Like, you can play it in Pioneer because there are no fetch lands. And I, I think that might be something that they want. Um, it, it is Yeah, 100%. I agree. So, so I yeah, and Treasure Cruise isn't even really seeing seeing play so um i mean it might it's be really, seeing a little in, bit in in the phoenix deck is really the oh, only right. place that i think i've seen treasure cruise dig through time you see in like combo decks uh like uh jsk ascendancy combo in the simic deck the simic uh nexus deck right. um you know, and then also a, yeah a copy or two in the soul tie deck because you're you know your thoughts using your fatal pushing your you know then when you need to refill you know, all the stuff that's in the graveyard. And so they do run fetch land. There is fable passages in the format, you know, but, you know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But it's not the same, you know, not every deck wants fable passage, you know, so. Yeah. And it's also, you can only put four fable passages as opposed to like 12 fetch lands that you could see in a modern deck. Right. Um, They don't even usually max out. It's usually two or three fable passage. So, yeah. Right. So I think like this is 
you know, when you, you look at what Dig Through Time says on the card, it's it's doing what it says. It's not doing anything overpowered. Nobody's racing to it. You know, you can't can't cast it super early based off of all these fetch lands. Um, so I think it's really kind of uh, the danger of it is mitigated. I, I assume they're watching it and I'm going to be disappointed if it does get banned but uh, and, and not surprised. <laughs> but uh-huh. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if it does, but I, I do kind of feel like it's in a safer place than, uh, than something, I guess, like Field of the Dead and Once Upon a Time were two weeks ago. <laughs> like, I, th- I think they were pretty obviously going to be hit. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where we go from here. Um, the, the note I have here on our show notes is, uh, getting into pioneer, you know, the time is now, the time is now question mark. Like, so on that note, I think, uh, I think that's kind of what we want to want to discuss here is, is now the time to jump into pioneer. If you've kind of been holding back, do you kind of feel like maybe the bands are going to be less and less, uh, over the next you know, month or two. What do you guys think? Well, I think I saw Aaron said that there were only a couple more weeks of these weekly bands before they go into more of a regular schedule. Am I mistaken in that? I think you're right right. because I think they're trying to do it by the end of the year, by the beginning of the year, by the next year. Right. So so we're definitely losing the, uh, or not losing, but we're definitely moving on from the every Monday kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Here we are. We're halfway through December. We've got maybe two, Three more Mondays in December. I don't know. Two, three more manic Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I know we have cards in a, in mind as we just talked about, but I I kind of feel like it's safe. Like I feel like like the format is getting really coming into focus, and I do do feel like now is the time. Um, and John, I think are you are you working on some sort of article? I saw something written in Comic Sans uh, <laughs> on, on your Twitter. <laughs> somebody somebody told me, I asked, I said, hey guys, like I'm really trying to up the writing game, right? I would like to write for, uh, you know, maybe two, maybe three different magic websites about magic every week, you know? And so I'm like, to do that, I have to, you know, crank out quality content faster because I'm such a slow writer, you know? And I'm like, how do we do this? How do you, how do you like get better at writing? Not like, you know, write. I could write things fast, right? It's, and then it'd be trash, you know, which I don't want. So th- there were some bunch of suggestions in my Twitter, and one of them was to write in Comic Sans. And so I'm like, I'm gonna try this. You know, this just sounds just absurd, you know. And it works. It actually worked for me. So I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I'm writing this article. It says uh, buying a pioneer right now, and I think that. Uh, I was hoping to release the article this week, but uh, I, I've slowed up again, being slowed up, being writing. I think it's going to be next week. And um, the idea is, like, I think right now is the best time to buy into Pioneer. It's like that whole phrase, like, no better time than the present, right? Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is these bands are going to stop, and that's what people are waiting for to buy into the format, is they're waiting for it to be so that they don't fear the band hammer, and then they're going to buy in. Also, next year is when the uh, Pioneer GPs are going to start firing, right? So yeah. there's going to be a rush to get those cards, and it goes back to that whole conversation I said about you know having the tools of your trade, right? Like if you want to enter this format, you should start mapping that format out now and get into the archetype that you're thinking about buying into. And what's going to happen is all of those you know, there's going to become a time where it's going to be less accessible because um, 
because of the way things are going. Do you, I guess I could give you a little preview of the article. Do you want me to do that or sure, talk about not? a concept? Okay. So there's a concept that is like called, that I call the progression of formats, right? And so the idea is, is that a, a standard player enters the, the magic game. They start to play standard. And as they play standard, their collection grows and grows, right? As new sets come out, they get new cards and, and then the, it, it grows beyond standard a little bit. And they start to get interested in more formats, right? Because standard is kind of the entry point. And then they start thinking, well, what other things can I do, right? So the idea is, is there's supposed to be formats they can jump to, the next one, right? And right now that, that format for the longest time was modern, right? So it's like you play standard, you get start to outgrow standard, then you can play modern as well. But what's happening right now is that the, the gap is big, right, between standard and modern. And Pioneer is starting to fill that gap. So Pioneer is becoming, in the progression of formats, before it was modern, I mean, it was standard modern legacy, right? So the progression is changing from standard modern legacy to standard pioneer uh, modern. And legacy is getting pushed out. Legacy is going into the, the vintage realm, right? The place mm-hmm. where it's, 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 unex- it's not accessible for people because of dual lands and other expensive cards. And so, and that's how, how vintage is. It's very fringe. It's very community driven. Uh, no, no shade to those formats. I love those formats. But in the right. progression of formats, in the flow of the player base, there the legacy is getting pushed out, and modern is becoming legacy as far as like hundred dollar, you know, scalding tarns and hundred and thirty dollar jaces and hundred dollar mox opals, you know. Um, so that is becoming the inaccessible format. And, and kind of the, 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 the top tier, right, in the progression. And Pioneer is becoming modern. And so with, with Pioneer becoming modern, uh, you know, it's just going to get harder and harder to, to get in until reprints start happening. And they said that's not – they haven't considered anything for the Pioneer set for years down the road. You know, they're, they're talking about two years at the very soonest before we even see some kind of Pioneer Masters or anything like huh. that, you know. I didn't know that that was actually said. That's interesting. Yeah, I think they said it in one of their um, – they were doing those uh, weekly – Magic Weekly or whatever, and they were mm-hmm. asking, yeah. hey, what did you start to plan for Pioneer uh, in all these sets that are coming out, right? And they said, no, not until Ikoria did you start to – did they even have Pioneer on the map? And then right. they said, what about a Pioneer Master set? They said, yeah, not even until – uh, you know, beyond way beyond that, maybe a couple of years beyond that, because you got to think like before a Pioneer Master set makes sense, all of the supply of the Return to Ravnica forward have to be absorbed, right? And there's right. a lot of supply of that stuff, and so I think the next couple of years is going to do a good job of absorbing that because as it takes that place as the new modern, it's going to you know find a lot of uh, places on the schedule for being a premier tur- tournament format, and there's going to be a lot of people playing it. And building their pioneer collections. So before we're talking about all this before that happens, we're, we're weeks before, you know, maybe a month or two before that starts to really get into gear, you know. But as those PT, yeah. uh, as those GPs start hitting, the format starts to uh, settle. You know, we're going to start to see a lot more adoption, and I think that now is the time. You know. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that, that's awesome. Like that, that uh, you know, the way the way you put it, and the the whole growth of the formats kind of thing, and you know, it's one of those things like you're aware of, but you don't quite articulate it, you know, and you just articulated it very well. And I think that's kind of um, that's dead on with, you know, this is where people go with their standard cards that are no longer in standard, and it's yeah. it's like an open open season on just like 
cards that are just a few years old. And I, I think, um, I'm loving pioneer right now too. I, I, uh, almost texted Joe the other day. Like I am, I'm going hard at pioneer. Like right now, <laughs> I think it's <laughs> what like, are you playing? I, I mean, uh, well, the, the deck that I'm doing the most work with unsurprisingly is, is blue white. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a yeah. couple, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's great. Did you have to ask that question, John? <laughs> I just wanted to know what variant of blue deck he was playing. Okay, so, That's yeah. what I wanted to know. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I mean, um, I, and since we're already at like the hour, oh, past the hour mark, I was actually thinking maybe I would save some of this for next week. So I'm, I'll just briefly mention I am trying to make blue white work. Um, and there are a couple different versions of blue white and you know, there's, there's also Esper or Jeskai, um, and even Bant. Um, but I haven't really played too much with that, but that's, that's the card, the deck I'm doing the most, um, fiddling with, but there are other decks that I have my eye on. Like, um, I saw Felix slew who uh, was tweeting about the fact that basically the, the Urza mid range deck from modern is mostly legal except for <laughs> like Urza and like Mox Opal. There's only like a couple cards that are, that you just have to replace like, okay, now I run four mox Amber instead of four mox Opal. And he put Karn, um, that not the great creator. He put Karn scion of Urza, I think in the Urza slot. Uh, it makes the Karn structure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like you can sort of play Urza mid range in pioneer. If you make some changes now, obviously like the format's different. There are some, you don't get Arkham's astrolabe. That's not in there. Uh, there's not as many zero manacles. Thank goodness, by the way. <laughs> Artifact, right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I saw his list and I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. I know he said he added Nissa, uh, who shakes the world to the deck. Um, so I'm kind of Obviously. looking at that as some, something I want to yeah, try. Yeah, because it's broken. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's it's because it, it's that good of a card. Um, Nassif was playing like a Paradoxical Outcome deck, uh, which I think I'm interested in. So th- those are two decks that are sort of on the, the Emery plans, right? Like blue-white decks and Emery decks are the decks that I'm excited about right now. Um, and, uh, and and so those, that's where I got my – those are the decks I've got my eye on for modern, but uh, I mean for Pioneer. Cool. Pioneer, yeah. the new modern. I was, I was ready, I was ready to disagree with John um, about this being the time to get into Pioneer, uh, based on the fact that they could potentially print something like a Pioneer Masters or go hard on reprints. Um, that would, you know, drive the cost of a lot of these cards way down. Uh, but knowing what I know now, because I didn't know that they had said no, we are not doing that for a couple of years then I have to say I agree with John. Um, And as for me, like, in terms of what I want to build, it's going to be something something red. Um, Again, surprised? No. Um, (laughs) But frankly, like, you know, uh, Ryan Germore posted um, a deck to uh, our Discord the other day. Or was it you that posted it? I know, he he was posting some, and I was was posting some, too, but... But, but between the two of us, I know what you're talking about. There were a few red decks being posted. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm, I'm like, I have most of these cards, you know what I yeah. mean? Just from, just from standard, you know? And I think that's really cool. And like, so, um, that's exactly I what John really was just saying. Money. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of money to like build, um, like decks in other formats right now. Honestly, I barely have enough money to build standard. And if I do have standard, I don't have money to, I don't have time to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but like, I looked at this deck. I'm looking at the list right now. It, it is a mono red that you had posted. Uh, it's Aaron Barich's deck. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good choice. And, um, 
Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, four experimental frenzies got him, light up stage got him, chain whirler got him, steam can got him, bone crusher got it. I need lightning strikes, isn't that funny? Um, you know, <laughs> I think you'll like, be able to get those. Actually, <laughs> I have none of the one drops. I don't have lightning strikes. Uh, the ruins and um, Eidolons will be a bit. Mizium Mortars, I think, have gone up a bit now. Uh, Chandra's Abrades. But that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And that one does run an Accolade of Flame in the sideboard. One of. Um, so uh, that's pretty interesting. But like, not that's not that much to pick up, you know? Right. And, I've got a, and I've got a deck for Pioneer, right. which I think is really cool. And Mono Black, same situation. Um, I have four less cards to pick up for that. Hey, bonus, you know? So... Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking to build something uh, aggressive because I like aggro decks. I'm looking to build something that is going to be cheap for me because I already have some cards for it, um, you know. And there are a lot of options there um, for for stuff, you know. And I think I think it's really cool. Um, again, I want to have more time to actually play the format, uh, which now I'm going to have a mo- after I turn in this research paper, I'll have a month um, to not do school for once (laughs) so so i'm looking forward to kind of getting caught up on the format and seeing um you know what deck i actually want to build you know thank goodness for the loan program from card yeah it's awesome Uh, because yeah without that shout out to card order that's right (laughs) no doubt john you're you're Uh, building dredge right like i saw you wrote an article on cool stuff yeah i wrote an article about dredge it's a uh it's a oko dredge uh and it uses uh emery and um it's uh, it had two smuggler copters in it, but uh, I'll just replace those with Hardikiran because I have Oko, and uh, you know Prize Amalgam, you know, and and uh, and Scrap Heap Scrounger do a fine job of crewing it. So uh, I'll just put, replace the uh, you know the two smuggler copter two Hardikiran. But yeah, it was a great. I love the deck a lot. It's it's really good. It's got a lot of uh, play to it, and um, you know it just basically uses the cat oven combo to uh, to bring back Prize Amalgams. And so that's what that's the deck I was playing probably for the first couple months of or hasn't has it been that long? I don't know when did they announce it? Like two months ago? No, no, it's been like two months. So like the first month I played that deck, and then I started to experiment with experimental frenzy. No, not experimental frenzy. Uh, what's uh, possibility storm? I started oh, wow. playing a lot of possibility storm based on Aaron Barrett's list and uh, the work that she's done there, and I think that. That's that's like a combo deck that's really, it's it's good, it's very good. Okay, um, what I mean by that, it it just can win out of nowhere because you once you have six mana and possibility storm and an adventure creature, you just win the game. And the, the only thing you have to be careful of is Teferi or Narset because they shut the combo off. So mm-hmm. if they have a three mana Teferi, you can't like play something under possibility storm. So um, the goal is to make sure to keep those clear. But if, if those are gone, then it's hard to really beat a possibility storm. And so uh, the, the, the deck list has changed a bit because they banned Once Upon a Time. So I've actually added some lands and uh, because, you, you know, with Once Upon a Time, you could cheat on lands. So I went from mm-hmm. 20 to 23, and the three mm-hmm. lands that I added were actually man lands. The, um, the Hexproof uh, Blue-Green land, uh, uh, Lumbering Falls. And that's really great at clearing Teferis and, you know, Narsets off the board so that you can combo. And it's also, like, against control decks, you just... I have two Questing Beasts in the main, which also deal with Teferi and and, uh, and Narset. But with, with against control decks, you could just play the mid-range game with Oko, Questing Beast, and Manlands, right? 
just mm-hmm. keep beating them up. And then when they tried to like tap out to get their, you know, their, uh, their gear Hulk down and do some crazy stuff, then you just combo them. <laughs> you know? That, yeah. That sounds interesting. So I haven't seen this list. Do you have, uh, if you have a link, you know, send it to us and maybe we'll, I don't know if we can put it in the show notes if you want us to. <laughs> to yeah, link yeah, it. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. That, that will be the next art. That will be another article that I write, but I'll give you okay. the list so that the listeners can have it ahead of time. But yeah, awesome. I'm going to write about that. I wrote about the dredge deck on cool stuff, Inc. And, and we'll then, uh, that. Yeah. and then I'll, I'll write about the dredge deck kind of came out a weird thing. I wrote it before the bannings and then it hit like it got published after the bannings. So there's smuggler copter in the list, but, um, but then you have the uh, possibility storm, which I think is great. And I've also played another deck, but I'm not going to talk about it right now because okay. of time and because it's, 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 it's related to another project that I'm working on. That's super secret, cool. you know? So awesome. we'll, uh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll in that case, that maybe, later. yeah, maybe we'll have you back on the show to talk about the, the project and the deck. Oh, together. I would love that. I would love that because this is one of my favorite, this project is going to be great. I'm, I'm excited about it. So awesome. Um, so let's, yeah, let's wrap this up. We are, uh, you know, over time, which I'm not surprised, but, uh, but Joe and I, we're going to have an episode next week, right, Joe? Uh, so, so we'll be right back in one week. And I think we're, um, you know, my idea at this point, Joe, is for, uh, for the next episode to be basically about more exploration or further exploration of pioneer, especially for you, because you can turn in your paper and just go rent some decks, you know? Yeah. Well, go, go turn in my paper, Go to AEW Dynamite TV taping. And then rent some decks and play some Pioneer. And and, and then rent some decks, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. That's my plan Wednesday night. Go see thir- uh, Frozen 2 Thursday and then jam some decks over the weekend. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So cool. Um, uh, thanks, John, so much for joining us. I think it was, this was awesome to have you back on the show for the first time in I don't know how many years it's been because you definitely it's been were. years, but I, I appreciate you being invited, man. It's so cool. I, I really thank you guys. I appreciate it's it. It's been a lot of fun, and you've added a whole you know a whole other dimension to the show just uh, you know with with your perspective on things, and I think it's really been um, been awesome for, you know to have to have it you on. It has been our pleasure, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, that about wraps us up then. Um, I, should, should we do the catchphrase all together? Does John know our new catchphrase? <laughs> I don't know that I do. I don't know that I know the new new catchphrase. Okay, so you, well here, well let's well, let's. Well, how about I say the catchphrase and you, John, you at the same time say what you think the catchphrase <laughs> oh, is. This, that that would be and embarrassing. Then we'll, and we'll just see it from there. Yeah, that would be all right. So so go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Send us all off. right. So until next week, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it. We So until next week, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it. Oh, John, you didn't play along. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, I, I, I froze. I froze. I was like, ah. <laughs> you know what I was going to do? I was going to go, that's game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs>